Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Hoopsville on this Thursday, January 10th, 2019. I am your host, Dave McHugh. Uh, we are into the conference grind. That is the theme of the show. We are in it. We're driving. It is going to be tough on both the men's and the women's side, for the most part, across the board. If you've got questions for us, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us, interact with us, etc. You can uh, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Yes, we're on Instagram at D3Hoopsville there as well, though we don't interact using the show all that often in there. Um, you can also, let's see here, uh, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. May, I got a little word earlier today, there may be a slight issue with the email, so try it. If it bounces on you, uh, you can find my uh, email online uh, on d3hoops.com. Email me there. Um, we're trying to find... I got an email earlier today saying that, that, that the Hoopsville account bounced on somebody. Strange. I sent it up to uh, Tech, which is Pat Coleman, <laughs> to find out if anything popped up. We'll find out if that's true. But Hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Hoopsville at d3hoops.com if you got questions. Again, we're on Facebook. We're on Periscope. We are on all kinds of places where you can tune in and join us, and we hope you'll take advantage of that. I know a bunch of you are watching so far, and we thank you for that. And uh, we'll try and get to your questions. Remember, we can't get to every single solitary question, but we will do our best when we can. Of course, a reminder, Thursdays we primarily focus on the uh, East Region, Mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and West Regions. Does not mean we will not talk about other topics. Does not mean we will not talk about other guests uh, or have other guests, as today we'll also debut the WBCA Center Court segment, which is a chance for us to talk to women's basketball coaches about what else is going on, sometimes about other things that they're involved in in Division Three, other things they're involved in on their campus, other things they're involved in outside, maybe in their communities somewhere, uh, or the like. And tonight uh, we will have a special one, and we'll talk about that momentarily. Believe it or not, and this is more of a pat on my own back, so forgive me, we have our WBCA segments basically scheduled right now through February 7th. It's a little bit wacky, to be honest, um, but we're thrilled with that. Um, we have more to come, clearly, but we got ahead of the ball game, as it were. Uh, Men's-wise, the NABC set, uh, Coach's Corner will debut on Sunday. We hinted at this on Tuesday night, was it? Yeah, it was Tuesday night. We will be talking with Shriner Athletics Director, former basketball coach in Texas, Bill Riley. Raleigh will join us. We haven't talked to him in a few years here on the program. We'll talk to him about a bunch of things, including rules. What has been brought in this year, rule changes ahead. We'll even talk about the quarters. Why haven't men gone to quarters? So a little bit of a tease there. NABC Coach's Corner coming up on Sunday. Talk to Bill Raleigh, head coach at Shriner. I'm sorry, athletics director at Shriner. He was a head coach at Southwestern at one point and has been in Texas. He's been a huge member of the NABC, and we, we appreciate him being on board with us. So there you go. All right, so let's talk uh, first off what we got coming up tonight on what we're calling the conference grind, the tease, the grind of conference plays in full gear. Nothing beats a team up or reveals how good one is like the grind of conference play. That is certainly the case, and we'll talk to four teams who are certainly playing well. A little bit rare that we always get ranked teams. Our four main guests tonight are all ranked. That's not prototypical. But it happened to happen today. Uh, we'll first talk to Pat McKenzie from number 11 St. John's Men's Basketball. Talk to the, about the Johnnies 
doing well at the top of the Mayak now, uh, having replaced St. Thomas's domination, but also why St. Thomas is not to be counted out. We'll then talk to uh, Ben Stakowski, the uh, senior guard from the number 20th ranked Wabash squad. That Wabash squad, assuming everything goes okay this weekend, is going to leap into the top 20, higher into the top 25. They are 20 now. They just knocked off number 11 Wittenberg. Oh, I believe it was number 11 Wittenberg. Is they number 11? I am a little too high on, in, off the top of my head. Number 13 Wittenberg. I have them, I think, around 11. And, and on, honestly, a little bit nervously at 11. Well, Wabash proved that. Wabash, with a dominating win over Wittenberg, will jump. We will talk to uh, Ben about what it's like to be on the squad as a senior uh, and what else he is doing in with his studies and whatnot. Alyssa Pulaski, the number 14th ranked Geneseo women's basketball coach, took over for Scott Hemmer, who we thought would never leave Division Three, but Scott Hemmer's gone. Scott, if you're listening, you're still dead to me. <laughs> Scott and I are friends. We'll talk to her about what not only having the program still in the top 25 in her first year, but what are the expectations that have now come along as an alum taking over for Scott, who was so good with that night's program. She coached under she was an assistant coach under Scott while also playing for Scott. We'll talk about the the evolution, as it were, with the Knights program and what is ahead. They've actually got a bit of a tough schedule ahead of them in the SUNYAC, at least it looks like on paper. Then we'll go to the WBCA center court segment. Megan Wilson, Platteville women's basketball coach, will come on, talk about her daughter's battle with cancer, her six-year-old daughter's battle with cancer, and the decision that Megan took to step away from the sidelines for a part of this season to help Palmer in her battle. She'll come up in the WBCA Center Court, which includes our little fun question uh, segment at the end. Got our questions right here. We, we didn't lose them this year. We held on to them all season long. We are ready to go with said questions. So, oh, whoops, maybe not. I found one version. The other version's around. We'll find it. And then Trevor Woodworth from the number three ranked Scranton women's basketball team will be on the show. They are dominating again. They had a huge win over Moravian. Absolutely incredible. We'll talk to him about that. Dan Tome. Tomey or Tome? Tomey is how I want to say it, Dan. I assume that's how it is. Wyack race will be a barn burner. Oshkosh out front for now. Yeah, on the men's side, the Wyack race is going to be a barn burner. I think I've been saying that since preseason. We knew it was going to be good. Uh, Oshkosh is certainly the good team. They beat Stevens Point yesterday, 78-68. Some would argue it may not have been that close. Uh, Oshkosh, the fifth-ranked team in the country. Stevens Point, the ninth-ranked team in the country. In what is a week of great battles of top 25 teams in conference. Uh, we talked about Wabash-Wittenberg. We'll talk in a, middle bit, a little bit about the wits in a moment. But here was another good one uh, between Oshkosh and Stevens Point. In my opinion, Stevens Point shouldn't move anywhere around from where they are at 9 Granted, we have games this weekend. Oshkosh solidifies itself at five. I don't think they can move up necessarily, but we'll see. Uh, they've got River Falls ahead of them. Stevens Point has got Eau Claire ahead of them. Of course, Eau Claire is, is playing well this season as well, and that's the problem in the Wyack. You've got Oshkosh. You've got Stevens Point. Eau Claire is playing well. Whitewater obviously is very good. Don't know what to make of Platteville, but they could easily uh, ruin a few nights here and there. That's just five. There's eight. You can't count out River Falls. Uh, it's going to be a battle, to say the least. Uh, right now, 14 teams ranked in the top 25, or three teams ranked in the top 14 in, in the WIAC in men's basketball. Should be great. Then flip it on the other side. <laughs> it, 
Oshkosh is 15th. I wouldn't say that Wyack is as good uh, on the women's side in the sense of, of, of how good the men's side is comparatively, but the women's is going to be a battle as well. Hope is not that good for guys that can't beat Calvin. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's a, a fair point. Uh, hope, hope. Listen, the problem I have with hope right now is I just haven't seen anything that jumps out at me and says these guys are really good. I, I thought early on in my preseason top 25, I had them. I had them for a few weeks. I thought they were going to be pretty good. But losing to Calvin 74-70 really surprised me. Um, I guess we could call this rivalry week on top of everything. It was at Calvin. That certainly says something. But Hope now has lost three of their last five. They've lost four of their last uh, eight. You, you can't. You can't do that. Hope is eight and six right now. They're one and two in conference play. I thought Greg Mitchell was going to have a little bit of a better squad. Though that said, a lot of people thought Hope wasn't going to be a dominating team. And I agree. I thought Hope would be a 15 to 25 ranked team. They're not that. They're six losses already, and they it's not going to get any easier. They got Adrian, then on the road at Alma and Olivet. Olivet may be the class of this conference. Then home against Al- Albion and Trine. Then on the road against Kalamazoo. They'll take on Calvin then at the beginning of February, and then they got to still go through Adrian, Alma, Alavet, and, and, and Albion. Hope, hope is burying themselves. The MIAA may only get one team in yet again, and it may not be Hope, and it certainly won't be Calvin unless one of those two teams wins the automatic bid, and Olivet's got enough position to do better. And by the way, there's a lot of people who talked about trying. Remember, trying technically won the conference selection. At the beginning of the season, they're two and one in a four-way tie with Calvin Olivet and and Alma behind Albion. And of course, Albion's off to a three and zero start in the conference. So the MIA is eating itself from the middle, not from the top, like the like a little bit more like the WIAC and CCIW, but from the middle. And it's interesting to say the least. Um, yes, Brian, both Oshkosh teams, as I indicated, are on fire. Both teams have the second best record combined. Yeah, it, it, really impressed with Oshkosh so far. Um, as we said earlier, and, and but not surprised. I expected those two Oshkosh teams to be up top. I didn't know how well the men would play under a new head coach who had been in the assistant. Those tra- transitions can be difficult. We'll talk to Geneseo coming up about that. But they obviously have the talent. They obviously have good players. Boots is obviously a very good uh, member for that men's team. And we always knew the women's team was going to be the class of the WIAC. So no surprise, uh, Oshkosh is as good as they are. Um don't want to lose track. We will talk about the wits here momentarily and just double checking, see if anybody tried to email us just to see if anything came through. Nope. Okay. Not a, not a big deal. Didn't have to necessarily email us. Check our tweet deck. See if anybody has gotten in there. Capital Crusader says, I think Capital Men's Basketball may, uh, may talk about them tonight. We will. Uh, and that will get us as in transition. We'll, leave, we'll wrap up this segment with the wits conversation. But let's talk about the top 25, our top 25 recap tonight. We'll start with the fact that no one in the top six has lost so far. Whitworth lost to number four Whitman. We'll talk about that in a little bit. MIT lost to Emerson. MIT's 12-2. and two. It's deceiving. They lost 84-65. They are banged up. At least three of their stars is out with injury. One hasn't played at all this season. They may be without another one for the rest of the season. That's speculation. That's not based on anything. So do not report that or take it to the bank. Uh, it's just speculation, and they get a third out. I don't know what it is about injuries with MIT. We've talked about it in the past. We've talked to Larry Anderson about it. I don't know why they just have that seeming luck because the injuries are also usually pretty significant injuries, not like pulled hamstrings or anything. 
They've only got two losses, but by the end of the weekend, Wheaton might catch them for all we know, and it certainly turns the new Mac race on its head. And on top of that, Springfield is just seems a shell of themselves. Uh, they lost to was it Curry or Clark this week? Um, Stevens Point, we mentioned, lost to Oshkosh again, a team ranked ahead of them. Marietta lost to Capital, and that gets us to Capital. 82-78. If anything, it's proving to us that Capital may be better than we thought they were. Uh, Capital has John Carroll ahead Saturday, so that will tell us a lot. They're 12-2, and and it seems like they're pretty darn good, especially a win over Marietta. That said, I kind of hinted when we talked to Marietta in December that Marietta has these moments where they go through these little blips, it seems, and Marietta's gone now through a blip. They've had two losses in the last few games. So I, it, you, you start to gauge, is Capital just that good, or is Marietta really not that good and Capital took advantage of it? it it's hard to say. That said, I think Capital's pretty darn good. I know colleagues think Capital is pretty darn good. I think they will leapfrog into the top 25, albeit they got to get past John Carroll this weekend. And that's what turns this conference race into a whole nother beast. John Carroll, Marietta, Capital, who knows who else is going to enter the fray. The conference race turns into a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a meltdown as well. Capital also, I think, uh, 2,000 point score. They got one more closing in on it. They got the spiring power. They've clearly shown that they can play with the best by beating Marietta. And, and that game, by the way, I think, I don't remember where that game was played, to be blunt. But Capital is a team that I'm curious about. I want to see them get past John Carroll. Then we can talk about them maybe being in the top 25 next week. If they beat John Carroll and beat Marietta and John Carroll in the same week, they will leapfrog into the top 25 and probably pretty significantly on top of that, to say the least. Um, let's see here. Will, uh, will Hannah join? Uh, B. Pester asking us on Periscope. Oh, thanks, Ryan. It was The game was in Marietta. So for Capital to go to Marietta and win that game on the road and have their return, I assume they have their return still. Yeah, actually, I know they do. Back at Capital. That puts Capital in the driver's seat, to say the least. Their game this week will be at home against John Carroll, so they will have to go on the road to Carroll. But listen, Capital looks scary. Wabash looks scary. It looks like two teams that no one was looking at in the Great Lakes region, may be the class of the Great Lakes region. Again, we're here in early to mid-January. There's a lot still to be played, but it's telling. It's certainly telling. Uh, yes. Um, yes, at, they also beat Mount. Right, Mount, there's another example. Um, Mount was looking really good at the turn of the holidays. We were talking about getting Mount on the show maybe. And now it seems like, and that's the thing. And, and that's the thing with, conf, again, that grind we were talking about in conference play can turn things around so quickly. And all of a sudden a team you weren't paying attention to because you thought somebody else was hot. Turns out that team's the one who's hot and you weren't paying attention to them. And, and that can happen even with conference opponents who think they know each other. So now Capitals at 12 and 2. Marietta's at 12 and 2. Mount isn't that bad and has a really good record. John Carroll's in the mix. This conference is going to be worth watching to say the least. Um, continuing the conversation, John, St. John's and Rochester had good... Uh, Rochester hasn't played. They'll play Chicago and Wash U, a really good test, though those games both at the Palestra in upstate New York. St. John's, 
uh, defeated Concordia Moorhead, defeated Gustavus Adolphus, and they have St. Olaf ahead. They got that really tough three-game stretch in conference. We'll talk to their head coach coming up about that. Wittenberg, we talked about lost to Wabash. They got Worcester ahead. It doesn't get any easier for Wittenberg here as a 25th-ranked Scots, who, by the way, I was surprised stayed in the top 25 with three straight losses. Uh, the Scots will get uh, their shot at Berg. We'll see how that one turns out. Whitewater, Swarthmore, uh, St. Thomas, Plattsburgh, and Randolph-Macon all survived. Swarthmore, a dominating win over Gettysburg by 30. St. Thomas with a win over St. Olaf with Augsburg ahead. Plattsburgh beat Potsdam. Got Fredonia and Buffalo State. Not much we're going to read out of Plattsburgh this week, to be blunt. Uh, Randolph-Macon put 60-some-odd points up in the first half uh, and defeated Shenandoah 117-60. I guess Randolph-Macon a little pissed at the loss they had against Guilford. Salisbury took their first loss to Mary Washington, a Mary Washington team that had lost to Frostburg not that long ago. Salisbury's 12-2. I ranked them this week in my top 25. I second-guessed it every step of the way, but everything was telling me I had to put them in there. I felt like I had too many mid-Atlantic teams to begin with. Maybe that's a t- sign here, a 14-point loss at Salisbury. As good as they've been playing are not as good as the sum of their parts. We'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on Salisbury, but I wouldn't be surprised they lose a ton of points off that loss to Mary Washington. Wabash, Christopher Newport, Lynchburg, Pomona, Pitzer, Amherst, and Worcester all won. I'll say this now. I'm not voting for Christopher Newport. I'm not buying into 12-2 and two right now. They they don't look that great, but maybe I'm missing something. Lynchburg continues to impress at 14-1. and Got to keep an eye on them. Pomona Pitzer is confusing at 13-1. and one. Amherst, is it Smoke and Mirrors at 11-1? Beat Brandeis? They got their tests coming up. They got Wesleyan this weekend along with Connecticut College. I'll be interested to see how... Uh, the Mammoths get out of that. And Worcester, I, I just didn't know why they were voted for, but 11-3 and three is still pretty good. They've got Wittenberg ahead. In the receiving votes category, Scranton, Occidental, Illinois, Wesleyan, Johns Hopkins, and Guilford loss. I'm voting for Hopkins. I love Hopkins, but a loss to Muhlenberg is ugly, 56-52, though Muhlenberg nearly coughed that game away, to be honest with you. It was a bigger lead than that. Hopkins is good. Maybe they're now starting to figure out how to play without Delaney. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan's 9-6, and six, lost to North Central by 2. I don't know what to tell you. Titans, I thought, were better than that. I know Bob Quillman's just as dumbfounded. We'll get him on the show at a later date and get his latest update on that. Guilford, who had beaten um, Randolph-Macon, lost to Roanoke. Of course, I thought Roanoke was going to be the class of that conference this season. On the women's side, Mary Harden-Baylor losses to Thomas Moore. Probably not that big a deal, except it was by 18, 73-55. Of course, St. Thomas Moore now 22-0. and we won't talk about them much the rest of the six weeks or so here as they only have three games on the schedule and five total before we get to March. Uh, Wartburg lost to Luther. That one jumped out at all of us uh, on two, on Wednesday night. Emory and Henry lost to Guilford by 20. Uh, Guilford played their starters almost the entire game. Middlebury lost to Westfield State. Surprising. I saw Westfield State. Maybe they got some of their injured players back. I, I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. 84-79. Surprised that Middlebury's first loss would be to Westfield. Eau Claire lost to Lacrosse. Okay, not surprising. Uh, though Eau Claire is good, so is Lacrosse. Baldwin Wallace lost to Ohio Northern. Interesting. And Bethel lost to Augsburg. Okay, so interesting. Those are in the receiving votes category. A couple of notes before we got to take a break, and boy, we got to take it quick. We will talk about the Wits. Um, really great game. Really fascinating and awesome game. Um, not the best played game. Uh, I think both teams came out a little too aggressive. 
too gung-ho. I think the officials, knowing it was a big game and potential to be aggressive and gung-ho, were whistling things tight early. I've heard word from both sides that the officiating was really inconsistent from their vantage point. I can't speak on that, but I can say was I think the officials tried to drive a message that they weren't going to allow a lot of stuff, and the players and teams just didn't respond uh, to not make it a foul game. The first half we were shooting double bonuses with seven minutes left. And, and players, especially for Whitworth, got in, in foul trouble. Really impressed that Whitworth avoided the foul trouble being a problem. They went deep on their bench. They had to. Those guys stepped up. That has been what I felt is an Achilles heel. Um, I thought they played well and stayed with it. Whitman was about to blow them out in the second half, up 13, and Whitworth came back. I also thought Whitman let off the gas. That said, Whitman in, in a hostile environment wouldn't mind a little bit better behavior, but Certainly played well. The defense is something Whitworth's used to, so it wasn't maybe its best display of that defense, but it was still a, a factor. Hit some big shots when they needed to. Jacob Jones hit, had some huge rebounds and second-chance opportunities that I thought really helped Whitman out. That was a game you expected. It was maybe a little uglier than we expected it to be, but it was a good game between two top-seven squads. Those two teams are going to be in the conversation the rest of the season, and now we can start talking about maybe trying to make sure we split up the wits in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be hard, but we can certainly start talking about that. Got a rematch coming, obviously. It's going to be at uh, in Walla Walla this time. That's going to be a factor. Uh, but those two teams put on a show. It was fun to stay up and watch it. Well, I'm up anyway, but it was fun to watch that game late. Uh, the women's game prior to that was even exciting. So really excited to see that. A um, couple of quick news notes we'll talk about at the end of the show. Remember I talked about Olivet women's basketball and something wasn't adding up? <laughs> they fired their head coach. We'll talk about more of that uh, down the road and some other things. So that's a, that. there you go. First quick re- uh, rundown of, of the show. We had a lot we jammed in there. Um, and a lot more we could certainly talk about. But we got guests we got to get to. So we will get to said guests. Um, but later when we wrap up the show, we'll talk about Olivet and we'll talk about some other things we're seeing around Division three this week. Um, when we come back, we will talk to Pat McKenzie from St. John's. It's a pre-taped interview, so if you have questions for him, I'm sorry you will miss them. But we will certainly have a pretty good conversation with Pat. Uh, I chatted with him earlier today. Then Ben, ben Stokowski will join us from Wabash. Alyssa Pulaski, the head coach at Geneseo, will join us. Then Megan Wilson, the head coach at Platteville in the WBCA Center Court segment. And then Trevor Woodruff, the third-ranked Scranton women's basketball coach, will join us. That's all ahead. Most guests we've jammed into a show, maybe unadvisedly so. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but we'll find out as we move this show along. So that's what you got coming up. You ready to join in getting in? Roll up the sleeves, folks. Lots to talk about in Division Three. You're watching Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Next up, St. John's men's basketball. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student-athletes. 
UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, another Thursday edition of the program. And whether you're watching us live or you're listening to the podcast or watching it on demand, we appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you got questions for us, you can always, whether we're on air or off air, tweet them to us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can always email them to us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can even join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. All that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Also, if you want, we're on Instagram at D3Hoopsville there, though that's more of a promotional side of things. Tend not to have conversations necessarily on hoops on uh, tw on Instagram. We just kind of enjoy looking at pictures, don't we not? Um, let's jump into now the West region. And for men's basketball, there's a lot going on. The Northwest Conference, we talked earlier about the Battle of the Wits the other night and the fact that Linfield and George Fox are in the conversation. The Skyac is kind of getting a little bit interesting. We'll talk more about that on future shows, to be sure. And, of course, we have the American Rivers Conference, Nebraska Wesleyan leading the way as the defending champs, but that one's somewhat interesting. The Mayak is the one that has certainly always gotten our attention over the years. It's always been St. Thomas until the last few years. Now it's their arch rival, St. John's. It seems to be leading the way, though. Got some interesting things going on this year. For the Johnnies, they're 12-1. and one. Their own loss is the second game of the season out of the gate against Wisconsin-Whitewater. They've beaten Platteville and Lacrosse. They've already beaten Gustavus, Bethel, Hamlin, and St. Mary's in conference play, along with Augsburg, McAllister, Moorhead, and, oh, Gustavus and Dolphus again. But 
the big tests are probably ahead. So we figured a good time to bring in their head coach and talk to him. We are pre-taping this interview, folks, in case you're wondering. So any questions you might have, we aren't going to be able to get to them, but we hopefully cover your topics nonetheless. And Pat McKenzie joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Sir, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, th- thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, you've got your alma mater here at 12-1, at 8-0 in conference play, which I think is the part that jumps out to me that – as competitive as the Mayak has been, you've gotten through eight games so far without stubbing your toe, technically. Yeah, we have, and and, and yeah, that, that technically is a good way to put it. <laughs> We're, um, you know, the, the the league. I think everybody probably says that about their own conference, and and there's truth to it. Is is a lot of parity. Uh, teams know you well, and um, you know we 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 faced some good teams so far, and, and are fortunate to to come out of it unscathed as of as of today. Usually the second round is when things get more interesting uh, for programs because they've seen you this year. Everyone knows you, and this is true for you against opponents as well. And so what jumped out at me was the second go-around with Gustavus Adolphus. First time he faced him, December 1st, 12-point game at their place, you know, competitive. You played him at home on uh, Wednesday night. You you didn't really provide a competitive game, 83-54. Is that a testament that you guys are getting stronger? Gustavus is maybe a little beat up, combination of both. What do we read into with that kind of result? You know, I, I don't know how much you, you, you can read into it. It, it, it probably was a, a, a better game than maybe the score would indicate. And, and um, you know, I, I hope we're getting better. You know, I, I hope we're uh, we're continuing to grow. And, you know, when like you said, you see a team the second time, so you have a feel for, for their tendencies and some of the things they want to do to you. And, Obviously, the chess match that goes on is is trying to figure out ways to 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 counter that and and maybe take advantage of it in certain cases. And you know, we we certainly did enough things well last night to uh, to, to get out of there with a win. What are you guys doing well this season? What's what's clicking and what's working? Well, I think we've got good balance. You know, we we've got a number of guys that 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 can score, and and that obviously makes makes offense a, a heck of a lot better and and easier. So so that balance. Um, has been huge, and 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 thus far we we've been a, a I think a pretty good defensive team. I mean we've really locked in defensively, and and I think you know even from a year ago today we're probably a better team than we were um, defensively at this time last year, mm-hmm. and, and that's been uh, huge to to the success so far. Uh, better defensively, you went nineteen and one in the conference last year, twenty three and four overall. That's a scary statement to say if you if you're an opponent coming up against the Johnnies. But on the flip side of that, we would be remiss if we didn't ask this too. What aren't you doing well? What isn't maybe going the way you'd like it to go? Well, we're we're still, you know, I, I think at times can be a little uh, sluggish with, with some of our rotations and, and some of our reads offensively. And then, you know, I, I think really even looking at a, at a box score, um, you know, we're turning the ball over too much and mm-hmm. um, we've, we've, we've gotten away with it per se, but um, I think we all know that you continue to do that. Um, when you, like you said, you get into the second round of the conference, uh, those numbers are high. You, you know your margin for error drops, and and, and those are going to cost you. Yeah, you're out. Uh, you have about 40 more turnovers this season in totality than it says your opponent. But you are out rebounding your opponents, 40 to 24 and a half. You're shooting the lights out of the building compared to your opponents, 57 percent to 37%, and that includes beyond the arc at 45 to 31, and obviously shooting well at the free throw line. There's a lot on this, on a stat sheet that, you know, you can read into, but that that stuff jumps out at me. You've got some stellar numbers on this stat sheet. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the, the numbers are, are good, and, and I think what that tells you is we, we've got good players. I mean, we, we do have a good group, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, the, those plays work better when guys make the shot at the end of them. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and so that, you know, I, I don't know that it's much more than that. We just, we're fortunate to have some, some really good players that, that are making plays and um, playing well together, and, 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 and thus, you know, the numbers uh, look pretty good because our, our, our guys have played well. Your guys who play well include Stokeman, who's gotten plenty of national attention over his years at 15 points a game. He's shooting 55%. He's also shooting 53% from beyond the arc uh, with five rebounds plus uh, plenty of assists to hand out on top of that. He gets his teammates involved, and those include Alde at 12.5 points and Walford at 12 points. You've got a lot of weapons because you've got two more guys at eight points or more a game. Your rebounds are being pulled in by Walford at nine, but everybody's involved there. You do have more than just one target if you look at Stokeman. You've got other guys out there that make it really challenging for defenses, I suspect. Well, yeah, I mean, you hope so. Um, you hit it on the head. I mean, David, is is he's really good. I mean, <laughs> he, he's he's a darn good, uh, darn good guard. He, he does everything well. Um, Fun, fun kid to coach. I mean, he's one of those guys that, that, that makes you look smarter than you are. And, <laughs> and yet then you also have, uh, some other guys that are, that are capable. I mean, we, we, we've touched on that, 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 that balance, um, you know, and with the balance, if they play together, you, you were able to kind of take what's there and, and share the ball and find the right matchup or the right shot. And again, it, it, they've been going in so far. So that, that makes life yeah. easier. What, You've no, you pretty much started the same five. It's Stokeman, Alde, Welford, uh, Hanson, who has one game where he didn't start, and Baker. That's been basically the group of five that gets out the door, as it were. What's important about that starting five at the beginning of a game or the beginning of the second half that you guys have relied on so so heavily? You know, they've just played well together. I, I think they've they've given us a. Um, you know, we, we've gotten off to good starts. Um, again, I think I think they've been really sound defensively as a unit. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, um, you know, as long as we're playing well and, and have kind of a rhythm or a rotation, you know, we're going to stick with that. Um, but, I, but I think it's also, you know, we've had guys come in off the bench and get, we've got great depth this year. And, and that's been huge because different guys have stepped up different nights and given us the lift we needed. Um, so, again, so far, so good. Let's circle back to Stokeman again. He leads the team in in shooting, for the most part. There's guys with better percentages, but just not not qualified shot wise. So leads the team in shooting. Leads the team in outside the arc shooting. Leads the team, I think, on free throw shooting for the most part. He's not the leading rebounder, but he's second. He's got the most assists. Uh, unfortunately, he's got the most turnovers, but that's what happens when you have the ball in your hand. He also has the most steals and he has the most points. That says a lot on the stat sheet. But what is it? about him is you said makes you look good as a coach or makes his players look even better you know uh, david is is he's probably the most competitive kid i've I've been around i mean he he is uh, extremely competitive and um extremely smart and so you know that that combination you know he, he works at it he, he understands what he needs to work at uh, he understands what a defense might do to him how he can combat that um you know when when to make a play for someone else, when to make a play for himself. I mean, he just he, he's really a well-rounded player. He's a well-rounded kid. I mean, he, he's a you know academic All-American. I mean, you can't say enough good things about him. And um, but I, but I think those two traits is his intelligence and then his competitiveness. 
are, are kind of those separators. What's the difference maybe in his game or the team? You mentioned defense, but there's got to be more going on because 23-4 and four last year was certainly solid. 19-1 and one in the conference, ridiculously solid. That's St. Thomas-type numbers. What is different about this team, though, this year? Because for some reason, and maybe I'm the only one, I've got you, I think, right around 10 in my ballot. What makes you guys – I feel like you're more dangerous this year, even though technically the cat's been out of the bag. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I hope you're right. Um, I, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I don't have a be, great track record. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I hope. I hope you're batting 100. percent I don't know. Rather, no. All right. Who uh, knows? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know that we are. I, um, you know, again, I you just sort of turn the page, right, and try to uh, focus on this year's group. Um, if we are more dangerous, that 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 would be awesome. I, I don't know that that's the case, but um, you know, we've we've we, like I said, we've we've got. Great balance right now, and, and and really good depth, and the guys are, are are playing well, and they're playing together, and and all those coach talk type things you you mentioned are 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 true with this group as as of today, and we just want to continue to to do everything we can to to con to continue the momentum. There's some interesting similarities between last year and this year so far. Uh, last year, lost your first game of the season, uh, the third game out. This time it was the second game out. Didn't lose last year until the second one until February 3rd against St. Olaf. But unfortunately, the end of the season resulted in Augsburg knocking you off in the tournament and, and then Bethany Lutheran knocking you guys off in the first round. You're on the same track record, as I said, right now. We're, we're on the same track in the sense that you still haven't lost. You're deep into conference play now. What is going to preclude what happened at the end of last season or what do you guys learn from the end of last season to try and use now? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I'm sorry. Good yeah, no, I appreciate <laughs> Great interview that. up um, until then, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I, I think when you look at last year, um, you know, professionally, personally, you, you name it, it was, just a, it was a great year. I mean, we had a lot of success, um, a lot of things to be proud of, uh, you know, a great run. And, and certainly since I've been coaching as, as, as good a year as I've had, and, and yet, haven't ever felt as bad at the end of a year. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's the cruelty of this business is, is the better you are, the better year you have, you know, the harder it is when it ends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so that, that was certainly the, the, a learning point just from a, a big picture standpoint. But then I, you know, I think that they're, they're, that group of seniors last year uh, was, I mean, I, we were, we were, you know, hell bent on winning that conference. And, and I don't know that there might've been a subconscious kind of, sigh of relief when we did and and i don't know if we lost a little bit of our edge or or not um but but we have to we have to maintain that edge the flip side of it is you know augsburg was really good last year yeah. and they beat us and and bethany lutheran was really good and played played out of their minds and they beat us so mm -hmm. you know it's not like we uh we, we lost to, to two you know sisters of the poor um <laughs> true you know it just so happened that we got beat by two really good teams and you know it it it's still uh you know, it's, I think it'll probably always be in the back of your mind. It, it, it kind of haunts you forever. And yet, you know, we got to turn the page and, and do everything we can to hope it doesn't happen again that, that way this year. you got St. Olaf ahead of you who beat you last season, though they're 7-6 and six so far. And then after that, lurking is St. Thomas, who you swept last season. It's not that long ago, Pat, that St. Thomas was the, the behemoth at the top of the MIAC, something like 10 straight conference championships. And you guys, every once in a while, because of the rivalry, would nip them. And that was the news. Now you're the ones who are on top of the conference. And St. Thomas 
no one's talking about certainly improved this year. Um, they're right there in the mix, sitting in second in the conference right now. That game's lurking as an alum. We were talking about the Wits rivalry. We hope Calvin's another one we always talk about. What's that rivalry like? And is sweeping a team in the season good enough? Uh, you, you cut out right at the end of that, Dave. I'm it, sorry. It's all right. Is, 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 tell us a little bit about the rivalry as, as an alum yourself and how it's ebbed and flowed. And on top of that, is sweeping your rival, as you guys did last year, good enough? Well, they're, I mean, Saint, you hit on that. I mean, they're they're very good, and they're they're loaded again this year. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 legit. They they got a great group. Um, you know, John obviously the, the whole staff. I mean, they do a great job down there, and um, you know, certainly sweeping them. I, I think from an alumni standpoint, I, I've said before, I, I'm not. We could go two and twenty three every year as long as we've got them those two times. <laughs> Um, it's a great rivalry. It's 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 a ton of fun. I think uh, the alums and, and and the students, the fans certainly enjoy it. I I, I think John would probably echo it. There is an added um, intensity to it with the atmosphere, and yet ultimately it's 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 a game, you know. Um, and like you said, I mean, there were years where we swept them, and they still won the conference. Um, well, I'd, I'd rather win the conference, you know. Sure. So um, it it. it Still, just one game in the conference schedule, but 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 obviously the atmosphere, the intensity, the rivalry around it is it, it's awesome. I mean, it's it's a it's a great uh, it's a great event. One of those I definitely want to get to, along with the Wits and Hope Calvin and the and the rest. Looking forward to that somewhere down the road. Again, St. Olaf ahead, Carrollton and St. Thomas on the road. So you'll get St. Thomas at their place first before getting them at home near the end of the season. What's the message to the to the team in the locker room right now as you guys kind of? really enter the – I mean, you've been in the fray for the conference, obviously having played eight games, but you're really kind of turning into the, the grind of the conference now. Yeah, it is. I mean, this, this, is, uh, this is a big stretch for our league, um, you know, where you get three or even at times four games in, yeah. in seven, eight days. So a lot will shake itself out. Ours is just, um, you know, we, we got to, again, kind of turn the page, look forward. You know, what do we have to do to, to get this next win? And, and what, how can we best position ourselves to make that happen? And so, you know, the message right now is uh, what are a few things we can clean up from last night and what are a few things uh, we, we need to be, you know, touching up, uh, getting ready for St. Olaf because they, they got a good group. I mean, I think they're a little bit deceiving. They, they, they were, they've been injured. They finally are back to, to full strength. I think that's going to make a difference with them because that, that's a, a team that returns a lot from, from an NCAA tournament team last year. So they're – I think they're poised to to make a a real run at it here. Finally, you got five non-conference games, and there's always a conversation about who's good enough in the MIAC to get out as an at-large, and five games isn't a lot to build an out-of-conference resume on. Is this a format that the conference is okay with sticking with? Women, I should point out, going back to double round robin, which will limit them, I think, to three non-conference games. Or is this something that the MIAC's got to really take a look at and find a way to open up some non-conference competition for everybody? Yeah, I know we've talked about this before. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly it is being talked about. I know that, and and it is a concern. Um, and I, you know, how much traction it it actually has, I don't know. I mean, I think some of this is is probably above the the coaches' uh, mm-hmm. meeting. And um, you know, I, I I I can't speak for every coach in the league, but I, I feel pretty comfortable in the guys that I know well enough to say we all obviously want access to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the size of our league at times can certainly prohibit that. I think, and, and you touched on it. it's been mentioned before. Um, I I don't have enough 
information to say where it goes or, or how it's going to go. But um, it, it's certainly a valid point. Thank you for uh, thank you for answering that. I forgot I had asked you that in the past, but it, you know, with the women going back to the double round robin next season, it's kind of come back in my mind. So yeah, the, thus the reason I thought the women had gone in a, in a nice direction. But we'll digress from there. Uh, <laughs> Coach, thanks for taking the time joining us. Really fascinated to see how your uh, Johnnies are doing, and look forward to seeing how you guys do the rest of the season. As you know, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? I'll just yeah. I know you guys uh, do a lot for the SIDs. I'll, I'll shout out ours, uh, yes. Ryan Klinkner. Uh, he goes by the Colonel. Why I have no idea, but he does. And, <laughs> I love uh, it. He's as he's as good as there is. Uh, so we appreciate all he does. So uh, he's probably not even listening. But shout out to Klinkner. <laughs> he will now once everybody tells him that you said something. So there you uh, go. Uh, I agree with you, sir. I love working with him with both this and the Gallardi. Unfortunately, not this past year, but that's another topic for another day. But uh, not the results of him or I. But uh, enjoy working with him. Also love enjoy talking to you. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck. We'll talk to you somewhere down the road. Thanks, Dave. And he is Pat McKenzie, the alum of St. John's, leading his Johnnies to a 12-1 record, 8-0 in conference play. Again, coming up on Saturday at home against St. Olaf. Then next week, they got the doubleheader of Carrollton and St. Thomas before returning home on the 23rd. Against St. Mary's, my ex can be fun to watch. Plenty of, uh, plenty of action uh, worth tuning into if you get the opportunity, especially that 21st game against St. Thomas. That should be must-watch television or web streaming or whatever you want to call it. Can take another break when we come back. Plenty more Hoopsville ahead. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville on the other side of this break. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports.
I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division Three level created that opportunity. That's odd. Our commercial break continued running. Of course, what's odd also, as you may notice, we lost our signal again. Thought we had found that. If you are a longtime friend of Hoopsville, you understand we've been dealing with that a little bit. We thought we blew it out. Now I narrowed it down to it's got to be one of the pieces of the of the uh, commercial. So we will be blowing out one of those pieces of the commercial and redesigning it all again. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We talked about the race in the Great Lakes region in the NCAC. Of course, this is a Great Lakes night, so it's perfect to talk about it. The conference race is interesting because we, we were keeping our eye on Wittenberg. Worcester had certainly made its presence known until a three-game loss. Ohio Wesleyan's been the class of this conference, or at least in the conversation, I should say, the last few years. And you've got plenty of others like DePaul and others who will make things interesting. Admittedly, I think some voters like myself weren't really paying attention to Wabash. They were 12-14 and 14 last season, after all, 8-10 and 10 in the conference. Well, they've already surpassed last year's win total. 14 games into the season, they are 13-1. and one. They defeated Wittenberg, 96-83. They got Canyon and DePaul ahead of them, but still lurking is Ohio Wesleyan, Worcester, and Wittenberg again. What can they do? Well, we decided to have a little fun this time around. Decided we wanted to talk to a player instead. I mean, we, we love Coach Kyle Brummett, but... We've, we've talked to him enough. Let's talk to a player. So joining us on the Hoopsville Skype hotline is senior guard Ben Strakowski. Uh, first off, thanks for taking the time out of what I assume is a busy life uh, to join us here. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I appreciate you uh, having me. Absolutely. Um, we should point out, again, you're a senior guard. So um, we'll talk a little bit about what you're doing as a student athlete and what may be ahead for you down the road. I've already gotten a hint, folks. It once again makes me wonder why I even attended college. Uh, ben, you guys, with that win over Wittenberg, a game that certainly everybody was was keying on in many ways, especially me as a voter, trying to understand who you guys were, does that add pressure to a game from your guys' point of view, or is it just another game, especially in conference, as a player? Uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, it's just another game. I mean, when you play the Woosters and the Wits, uh, in the NCAC, you know, you, you get you get excited to play those guys, uh, but at the, but at the end of the day, uh, it's just it's just a, a game for us. Uh, we have a really young team; uh, they may not even understand the implications of you know beating a weight at home, beating a rooster at home. Um, so we like to keep it loose, uh, and that's what we've done all season, and and we've succeeded uh, thus far. So 
Yeah, keeping it loose has worked. Uh, like I said, you're off to a 13 and one start. The lone loss coming to Wilmington um, in a in a tournament back on the 28th. I'll admit I was in Vegas and in that game popped up. We all kind of went, oh, okay. So maybe Witten, you know, Wabash is okay. All right, so Wabash. All right, fine. Okay. The win over Wittenberg did it again. It kind of said to us, geez, who are they? So I got to back up. What happened against Wilmington? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, we played at their pace. I mean, they, they sped the game up on us. Uh, we weren't as sound defensively. I think I think that's what's really gotten us to this point uh, is our defense. Uh, I think we're third in the nation mm. uh, in, in defense. So, uh, you know, just staying true to the scout, um, you know, coming back from Christmas break is always tough. Uh, you know, playing those neutral site games, uh, you know, it just it just wasn't our night. You know, they they hit some shots that that uh, were kind of unscoutable, and and we on the other end, you know, we're a good three point shooting team. We made four three pointers. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they they just made more shots than us, and uh, you know, you got to live with it. Uh, it's not the end of the world, not a conference game. Uh, kind of get it, got kind of got us back on track uh, coming into conference play uh, at the start of the new year. So. Uh, you know, not the end of the world, but uh, definitely one you want to have back. Yeah, I can understand that. You guys earlier in the season played Ohio Wesleyan and Worcester on back-to-back games, beat Ohio Wesleyan at their place by th- uh, by nine, I should say. It mm-hmm. must be nice not to have Nate Axelrod to deal with anymore. Um, yeah. And then you beat Worcester at home again by two. Did were, the, were those confident building games for you guys? Absolutely. I, th- I think it gave a taste to, you know, the freshmen that, that, that have been stepping up for us, that play a lot for us, uh, give them a little bit of a taste of the, of the conference play. Uh, and then giving us confidence. I mean, you know, we, we've had our bumps in the road, especially the last three years uh, due to injury, you know, lack of, you know, just have, we just haven't had older guys either. Uh, so, you know, having Logan and I and, and the juniors uh, kind of understand what it takes to, to win in this league and then, and then showing, you know, the sophomores and, and freshmen, you know, this is, this is how to do it uh, was definitely a confidence boost. Uh, and it definitely definitely propelled us, uh, you know, into into the the grid of the conference season. Um, we, we we wouldn't be lying if we said you weren't the biggest scoring threat for your team, four and a half points a game. Though you certainly pull in uh, your fair share of rebounds, second on the team at five point eight. You certainly distribute it and do other things. But from your vantage point, uh, what's your role with this team? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, coming in. Uh, I didn't really know what my role was going to be, you know, as a freshman, you know, you're just trying to figure everything out, uh, dealt with some injuries. Uh, and, you know, coming into this year, I, I noticed that we have a lot, you know, a lot of guys that can score. Uh, so I just wanted to try to make an impact on this team uh, any way that I could. Uh, and I found that through, you know, rebounding, being the vocal leader, kind of the coach out on the court. Uh, Brown puts a lot of trust in me, uh, making sure the guys are, you know, especially defensively, making sure, you know, we're in our right positions. Um, you know, we're talking on defense. We have a sense of urgency to start the games, um, you know, making sure the ball movement uh, and then just, you know, keeping everyone positive. Uh, we Again, you know, we have a really young group. Uh, so there's, you know, the college basketball season, there's a lot of ups and downs. Uh, and since, you know, I've been through the, been through the grind for three years now, uh, I kind of understand, you know, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, just being that vocal leader, being that guy that, you know, everyone can go to, whether it's, you know, school or uh, or basketball related. Uh, that, that's kind of the role I filled. 
Talking with Ben Strakowski here, the uh, senior guard from the Wabash men's team. David uh, Jack Davidson, I should say, leads the team in scoring, and you got two other guys in double figures. Talk a little bit about what your team is like. Um, who, who are the vocal leaders? Who are the subtle leaders? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I think I think Logan and I, we're, we're the only two seniors. We're definitely the vocal guys. Um, you know, we're going to get on you whenever, you know, you might be messing around or something, but um, – we definitely have to, you know, we definitely keep it loose uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, the juniors, uh, they're, they're kind of our subtle leaders, you know. Uh, they lead by example. Uh, not the biggest talkers, you know. <laughs> definitely great guys, but, um, you know, they're, they're some of my best friends for sure. But uh, they definitely go, go about their business the right way, and I think the younger guys uh, notice that and definitely try to follow in their footsteps. Uh, there's a few questions I want to get to about you uh, as a student athlete and then going to to a school like Wabash. Let's start with being a student athlete. Uh, obviously, it's demanding. We all have had the experience of Division Three. It's not easy. You, you've taken it to another level. I've gotten the hint. What's your major? Uh, I'm a history major, biology minor. Oh, okay. You didn't do this the easy way. Um, not only did you double major in two very different things, uh, you double majored. We'll just get well, it out of the way. I actually just... I just minor. minor. Yeah, it's biology, still a double yeah. major in my book. <laughs> All right, we'll count it. We'll count it. <laughs> because it's biology and history. Uh, it, yeah. You, you, you have labs. You've got huge papers Massive, you have to yeah. write. I mean, the time consumption, whether it's two majors or, or, or a minor and a major, it, it, it takes a lot. So how do you balance that? And, and realizing right now it is not the most stressful time usually for student-athletes, but... How do you balance that workload of school with the demands of playing a sport in two different semesters? Um, yeah, well, actually, actually, we just, uh, being a senior at Wabash, we have comprehensive exams. Right. Uh, so right now we're in comprehensive exam week where basically we get tested over our majors and minors. Um, so that's been all this week. Uh, so actually, I have already been in the school grind a little bit. Uh, something, something unique that Wabash does. I know, I know yeah. a couple other places, liberal arts places does it, does that as well. Um, but honestly, you know, just time management, uh, I was fortunate enough to go, go to a great high school and, uh, Wrights Memorial high school in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, and you know, they taught me a lot about study habits, a lot uh, about time management and that really carried over, uh, into college. Uh, I really, uh, I mean, I feel like I have great time management skills. I'm, I'm the leader of the study tables for the basketball team. Uh, and I take pride in, you know, getting my work done early uh, and being able to be willing to help out others whenever they need it. So, I mean, honestly, at Wabash as well, whenever you're in school, you only have uh, from Monday through Friday, you only practice from 420 to 620. Hmm. Uh, so it kind of gives you a life outside of basketball. Uh, you know, Wabash preaches, you know, you got to be more than an athlete, hmm. you be more than a student. Uh, so being involved in campus is, is also something uh, pretty pretty prominent to me. Uh, I'm part of the Center of Innovation, Business, and Entrepreneurship, hmm. uh, which basically we get paid to do uh, different engagements outside into the, into the community, doing different consulting work, stuff like that. So uh, you really get a really get an all around education, you know, inside of the classroom, outside of the classroom, you know, on the basketball court. Uh, you're really doing a lot of things here at Wabash, uh, and that's what makes this place so special. You you dealt with injuries too during those three years. How do you balance now? On top of that, you you may not be able to go to practice, but you got to focus on rehab. Or you're at practice, but you can't really participate. How do you keep your mind into in the game, if that makes any sense? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you just got to remember, you know, you're doing this for your teammates. You know, um, 
you know, I love the, I love my teammates so much, and, you know, they're my friends for life. So uh, just remembering that uh, it kind of puts things into perspective, like things are bigger than basketball and like basketball is what like, brought us together. But uh, honestly, through my injuries, like I've had foot surgery, I've had ankle surgery. I just actually tweaked my ankle against Oberlin. Uh, Damn Oberlin. That's a, yeah, that's that's why I, I didn't I didn't play the regular minutes I did uh, against Wit, <laughs> but uh, I mean honestly, like it's a grind and like you know Division three sports that's what it is and you know you're not getting paid, uh, but at the end of the day you're playing for the love of the game, you're playing for your teammates, so uh, that's what's kind of pushing through. We'll take that snippet and use that for further promotions. Well done. I think the Indy will give you a call uh, about that one. Very well, very, very well done. Um, Wabash is a single sex college. College. Uh, I'm very familiar with that, having gone to a single-sex high school. Um, mm-hmm. It was a male school, for anybody out there curious. Um, and I chose that school in high school. I didn't make that choice for college. Um, but the male schools, there's technically three, and people can correct me, St. John's, Wabash, and hamden Sydney. What drew you to that kind of education and that kind of environment, for lack of a better description? Um, and did you have it in high school as well, by chance? No, I didn't. I went. I went to a co-ed high school. So, what um, drew you to Wabash? What drew you to the single sex point of view? Um, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, it, it really wasn't a big factor for me. Okay. Um, my dad actually went to. He went to a all male high school in San Ignatius up in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know what? It's you, you're not even gonna notice it once you get into the swing of things. Uh, he was absolutely right. Um, you know, I get asked this question all the time. You know, why'd you choose Wabash? You know, it's all guys. Like. You know, like, why'd you go to Wabash? Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the brotherhood. I mean, you walk around campus and, you know, everyone's talking to everyone. You know, in this day and age, you know, everyone has their phones and listening to music and texting each other. But, you know, honestly, at Wabash, you walk across the, you know, main campus, you know, across the mall, we call it. Uh, you know, people are talking to each other. People are having those conversations. You know, not just about sports, but about life in general. You know, how are you doing? Opening the doors for each other. And that's what I saw in my visit. Uh, and then Wabash also, you know, it's a, it's a top notch education. And then you also get to play, uh, basketball, I get to play basketball on top of that. It's just great. So, uh, being single sex, um, it, it, it doesn't really, it really wasn't a big selling point for me, uh, either way. So, um, honestly, it hasn't affected my decision. Interesting. I kind of agree with your dad. I don't think you really notice it per se. I mean, there, yeah, there's things you notice, but right, right. yeah, in your daily, in my daily life in, in, in school, it, it wasn't like, oh my goodness, there's no girls here. It, it just wasn't a factor. So, um, cut out. point of view, um, curious, what are you doing? Sorry, sorry you cut out there. For no, that's fine. Yeah. I was just rambling. You didn't miss anything. Um, curious. What do you plan to do after college? Again, you're a senior. I hate to warrant tell you, but the end's coming. Uh, um, yeah. What do you hope to do when when you've gotten the degree, you've walked across the stage or whatever, and, and you walk off campus? Yeah, so um, I'll be attending. I'll be attending the University of Notre Dame uh, for wow. graduate school. Um, I'm going into their STEAM program. Uh, it's basically like a specialty, like business program, uh, masters in business, uh, specifically in entrepreneurship and engineering. Uh, so I'm basically helps you with uh, kind of connecting that STEM background that I have with biology mm. uh, with business uh, to hopefully start your own business someday. Uh, with the program, you work with a capstone thesis, uh, which basically pairs you with a startup company. Yeah. Uh, and then after you graduate, just 11-month master's program, so it's pretty quick, pretty oh, accelerated. Wow. Yeah, so um, 
you can either uh, continue to work with that startup or you can go into, you know, bigger consulting firms and stuff like that. Uh, so the big thing for me is I want to start my own business someday, okay. uh, preferably something in sports or something with uh, healthcare. Uh, kind of be my own boss is is kind of my dream. So it's 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 got its pluses and minuses. Yeah. So <laughs> that's so that's so that's kind of what pulled me towards this uh, uh, that master's program. If you don't mind me asking, though, how does the history play in then in your life? How does the history? Why was it a part of your education? And and, and do you hope to do anything with it, or is it you tell us? Yeah, I mean, I think history as uh you know the the facts and everything isn't something i'm gonna you know be dealing with in my everyday work life but i think uh here at wabash we do a good job at basic critical thinking and we have a lot of discussion-based classes uh in history in particular like i just like the subject so that's the main reason i picked it uh you know they say at wabash that majors don't matter uh experiences do um, so I've had a lot of good experiences. I've gotten to go on an immersion course, uh, that was paid for to go to England, uh, through one of my classes over the summer, uh, for, for, uh, 10 days. So that was awesome. Uh, and then also going back to like the discussion based question or discussion based classes and stuff. I mean, you get to co- conversate with your peers, you get to conversate with, uh, your professors, you know, you have to show up to class and be, be ready to, uh, you know, argue your points and you can't just show up and, you know, just slack off. I mean, yeah. Wabash is a place where you need to uh, kind of put on your big boy pants and uh, <laughs> you're you're kind of pushed into the real world from day one. I could talk to you f- for a while. I find that fascinating. Uh, I'd almost consider going to Wabash if I knew that that would be a dumb idea for yes. me personally. Uh, I don't need no more education. It's, it, yeah. I, I, I struggled as it was. Um, but fascinating. And school these days is so much different than when I was there. And I mean that in a great way because you guys have some awesome opportunities. Um, before I let you go, obviously, games ahead at Canyon, at home against DePaul, Ohio Wesleyan, Worcester, still lurking uh, a little bit. What what's the, what's the chat in the locker room about you're on the spotlight now. How do you stay there? Yeah, I mean um... – Honestly, like, I think, I think the big talk is just, you know, on to the next one. Mm. I mean, you can't take Kenyon for granted. Um, you can't take that game for granted. You know, you never know when, when your last game's going to be. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really good at moving on to the next one. You know, we're starting our scouting report already on Kenyon. Um, and honestly, we just, we just want to win out this, this first half. You know, DePaul's our last uh, time, our, first, our last game for our mm-hmm. first time around through everybody. Right. Uh, so, you know, beating everyone the first time uh, is something that something that we really want to accomplish. Uh, but, you know, you can't you can't take Kenyon for granted. you, you got to show up and uh, show up and play. So well that's put. where we're at. Yeah, well put. Well, thank you for the time. We always have a tradition here. Guests get the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are turning tuning in? Yeah, um, I'd like to thank Brent Harris for, for setting this up. He's, a, he's our media guy. Uh, hopefully he's watching this right now. Uh, obviously my parents, uh, for all the support they've given me, you know, the coaches, uh, teammates for just being great guys uh, on and off the court. Uh, I had to shout out the Gator boys. Uh, they, they, they told me I got to do that for okay. them. Okay. Okay. Well, it's acceptable. Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't, I'm not going to expand upon that at all. No, no, but, that's fine. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I guess I just thanking you, you know, uh, for covering division three sports. I'm, I'm blessed to, to play for Wabash. You know, we always have great crowds. Uh, the students really bought into this team and the community as well. Uh, but you, you just giving us that national stage is uh, is something that we really appreciate. I know the players do and, and the coaches as well. So uh, definitely appreciate that. And 
maybe if we keep winning, maybe we get you a uh, get you a jersey there in the studio. Oh, I, I wouldn't mind that. Well, thank you for the kind words. I, I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for coming on because we can't do the show without guests coming on. Well, mm-hmm. we could, but it's a lot less exciting. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, uh, well, I wouldn't mind a little wabash in the back. That wouldn't be bad. We could take it. I think it'd look good. You need some red back there. Yeah, exactly. We could use a little more to be sure. Hey, thanks again. Good luck the rest of the season. Look forward to uh, seeing how you guys do the rest of the way, and we'll talk to you sometime down the road. Awesome. Thank you, Mr. McKee. Absolutely. He is. Ben Sikowski joining us. Impressive. Jeez. Oh, again, I know he's got one as a minor, but they're both majors in my book when you got that much work. That's insane. Congratulations to him. Looking forward to seeing what he and Wabash does down the rest of the world. And, yeah, breaking news. I went to an all-men's school, all-boys school, called Salisbury School in Connecticut. It's a little confusing down in my neck of the woods where there's a Salisbury University that I used to play against in my own conference when I was a student athlete. But Salisbury School, you got your plug in there. I'm a Sarum alum. Going to take another break. When we come back, switch gears, talk women. Go up to upstate New York, talk to the 14th-ranked Geneseo women's basketball team who has, it's all being done with an alum under head coach for the first time ever. You're talking to, we're talking Hoopsville, and we'll be back after this. You're watching. See you soon. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, 
Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoop. Hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Once again, sorry for the tech glitch again. We know where it is. We just can't seem to solve it. We will solve it. I promise you. I just can't believe we had to go through it again. Uh, thanks to Ben Stokowski for joining us also on the show. Uh, Coach Kyle Bramette saying, uh, great job leading our team and representing Wally Wabash basketball. I agree with him in completely. Great interview with Ben. All right, so let's switch gears. Let's talk women's basketball. Uh, in the offseason, I'll admit I was surprised. Scott Hemmer and I had had a conversation. Uh, his name had popped up in some D1 conversations uh, in women's basketball. And and I'm not going to reveal everything we talked about, Scott and I, because some of it's just between friends and some of it's not for public consumption. But my gathering was, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to stay in Division Three. We're going to get to enjoy Geneseo at the top, as always, and Scott Hemmer is going to stay in the upstate New York area. Well, I got most of that wrong. He still stayed in the upstate New York area, but he ended up taking a D1 job after all. Um... It surprised me. Scott is, and again, Scott, if you're listening, Scott, again, if you, you're dead to me, and you know you're dead to me, but that's okay. Taking over for him was an alum, one who had been under him for several years, Alyssa Pulaski. So you figure, okay, what's going to happen next? Are they going to be able to stay as good as they have been? You know, honestly, it's a trick question. It depends on the program. It depends on so many things. In my experience, it didn't work out so well. Not that we were world beaters, to say the least, but it didn't work out when the assistant coach became head coach. Well, it's working out for Geneseo. Melissa Pulaski's got her team 11-0, 5-0 in the Suniac, and 14th in the, in the nation right now, according to D3Hoops.com. And she joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. And thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. This is pretty awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you you doing it. Um, we've had Scott on on, on a number of occasions, uh, both good and bad. Uh, we won't we won't talk about the bad. We're, we've moved on <laughs> at Geneseo, and it's great to see. Um, but you played and you you coached under Scott. What's it like to take over the program? Um. Well, you know, I, I often get asked that a lot, and I have a hard I, I have a hard time. Shocking. Ex- I know I have a hard time <laughs> expressing my feelings on that because um, it just doesn't ever feel like um, any words can portray what I really feel about it, and I tend to get somewhat emotional when I think about it, um, just because of what this program has meant to me and what it's, all the people that I've met and how they've gotten me to where I am today. Um, I don't think I would have taken the job if it wasn't Geneseo and how much um, we've been through and uh, just how much work we've put in to get the program to where it is today and uh, just how strongly I feel about what we're doing here. I can I can understand that. Uh, You're saying if you were an assistant somewhere else, you wouldn't necessarily want to have taken the, the, the head coaching job immediately, but because it's your alma mater and you know the program, that's the reason you wanted it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm being very honest. It was never really a goal of mine to be a head coach. Really? You know, um, when I first stepped foot on, in, at Geneseo on campus in April of 2009, um, if you would have told me as a recruit that I would be a head coach someday, <laughs> I would have laughed you out of the room. I kid sure. you not. That I've heard that story a lot. So that doesn't surprise me. 
Yeah, and, you know, I always said that the only place I would ever even consider being a head coach would be at Geneseo. And uh, uh, I didn't think it would come so soon. Uh, you know, I was very happy in my – I was a teacher. I was happy as an assistant coach. Um, but when the opportunity arose, I just thought to myself, if I don't do this now, yeah. when am I going to do it? And the answer was probably never. And yeah. I'm just not a big fan of that feeling of regret. So I knew that I was going to take the jump and go for it. Well, Scott's probably listening to this right now over pizza. Would you like to yell at him at all? Would you like to blame him? Would you like anything in particular? I know he's enjoying it over pizza at least. Yeah, he's definitely enjoying some pizza right now. Um <laughs> No, I, I think it was a good move for him. It was a good move for me. I think we're both very happy. Hey, it was a great move for you. It was a crappy move by him, but we don't need to discuss him anymore. <laughs> um, team is undefeated, 14-0. and 0. I, I'll be honest. Did you think you guys could continue the success without him there? And I mean that because even if you're running the same stuff, you're now in charge. So instead of you being maybe the person they can can, can, can talk to when they can't talk to the head coach – you're now the head coach. It changes the dynamic a little bit. Did you expect to be so successful? Um, you know, I'm still getting used to that. People saying, you're the head coach. You're making the decisions. <laughs> yeah, heads up. <laughs> That's still a little scary to me there. Um, you know, I, I, I know that um, this group had very high expectations this year, no matter who their coach was. And I was very fortunate to fall into this group. You know, we have most everyone back from last year. Right. Um, and I was fortunate to get this gig, but it's also a little bit different than every other head coach who's gotten a gig because I had these relationships before I got the job with the right. players. Right. So we really had the opportunity to just skip that, hey, nice to meet you, let's develop a relationship phase and jump right into the let's get to work and get better phase. And thankfully... They have trusted me, and they've been forgiving in my mistakes, <laughs> which I've made plenty. Um, my my leaders have been incredible. There's definitely been a learning curve and some growing pains on my end, but they've supported every decision I've made and helped me learn this job quickly because it's just not a job that you can read up on and then you know how to do it. Yeah, you kind of it gets easier every day. Um, my leaders they've helped keep our culture in a good place, which is one of, I think, the best parts of our program, which I'm really trying to sustain. Do you, what's, let's see where I want to go with this. Um, I guess, how long did it take between, and because I personally can't remember, but you would know more behind the scenes since you know the timeline better than we would have. How long did it take between the job technically going open and them coming to you and saying, we want you to run it? Um, it was probably... It was probably a month and a half, the whole okay. process. Um, a very long month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Over the summer, I didn't have much of a summer. I was pretty much just prepping for this job, and uh, <laughs> thankfully that paid off for me. Uh, and then we, you know, that was at the end of July, and I had to jump right into recruiting because I was yeah. kind of behind a little bit. And next thing you know, the kids are on campus, and we're going at it. <laughs> you were doing a lot of recruiting as an assistant, correct? So that that's not necessarily a cur learning curve for you, right? No, I had done um, some of the recruiting, not not the bulk of it, okay. but I had certainly gone um, to tournaments and stuff with Scott, and okay. uh, I've been down that road, so that wasn't new to me, no. Um, by the way, when you make mistakes, you know, you can always blame the assistant. That's true. I'm learning that. <laughs> <laughs> 
what I know he's listening to, and I know he was going to give me a hard time for that. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't do it himself. Um, how much did you, or what? What was? What's the biggest learning curve so far? What What's been the one thing maybe that you're still kind of hitting your head about, or something about this job, or about this team, or about this season? Um, I I think it's just. Um, I tend to be a planner. I'm quite a planner. I like to have mm. things done before the time comes, and um, I, I'm learning how to adjust on the fly, which you obviously have to do as a coach. Yeah. Uh, there was there was one game. Uh, it was our William Smith game right at the end, and we had drawn up a play that we've run for a long time. You know, kind of just to get the ball in bounds, and I messed it up. <laughs> I completely uh. messed it up, and I had to call another timeout and. Um, my assistant had to step in and draw it up. And I, you know, I had made a promise to my team at the beginning of the year. And I said um, that last year we were, we used excuses a lot of, we were young for our oh. mistakes. And I said to them, you know, what excuses do you have this year? And none of us could come up with any. And I said, I can only think of one, the fact that you have a young and inexperienced coach. And I had promised them that, having a young and inexperienced coach would not be a deficit to them. And mm. it almost was in that game. And uh, that really stuck with me because I went in the locker room and I just apologized up and down. And I said, I will not make that mistake again. So it's, I think the hardest part's just been the constant pressure I've been putting on myself just to keep them in a good position to win every game. And again, thankfully with a team that's experienced, um, they have, somewhat covered up some of my mistakes which I'm thankful for but again we're I'm just still learning every day trying to take it all in and uh just learning from my mistakes just like we tell players all the time well one mistake you haven't made is you start the same five uh they're darn good (laughs) let's be honest they're the top five scorers for your team uh, McKenna Brooks leading the way at 13 points a game Lindsay Halpin I think we've talked about her a few times on this show 10 and a half points a game uh Natalie Alferi uh, nine and a half, ten points a game. Uh, Kelly Pop- Poplowski, nine and a half points a game, and Karen Montgomery at eight points a game. What is it about that five? Because I've seen starting fives, and a lot of them tend to be in the in the top scoring group, but not all five. What is it about that group? I think um, you know you've got McKenna and Kelsey who have been in the system for a long time, mm-hmm. and they understand what it takes to win. They've won a lot of games here. And I think those three sophomores just have that they will do any whatever it takes to win. They are just competitors, and they want to be really good, and um, they listen. And I, I love it because I don't have to be fluffy with them. You know, you can kind of shoot it straight. And um, they, they just click really well. They all are – they know the system. They're smart. They're, they buy into it, which is half the battle, I think. You know, they've got to believe in what you're saying and what you're telling them to do, and then they'll go out and do it. Um, they're, they're all just clicking really well together, and you can see they've upped their game a lot this, this year. Lindsay's just a sophomore. I feel like the amount we've talked about her, she should be uh, an older player. Uh, tell me about Halpin. Lindsay is um, a great player to work with. Because just like because I said, she just wants to win and she wants to be really good. And, um, you know, what else could you want out of yeah. your point guard? And um, I, she's going to laugh at this, but she is stubborn, man. She's <laughs> stubborn. 
and <laughs> and um, you know that's okay. That's okay. 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 Um, but she just has such an ability to create with off the bounce for her teammates, and you know the first questions she asked after after a game is how many turnovers did I have and mm. how many assists did I have and you know she's just a true point guard and she I love seeing her smile down when she's running down the court when she made a good pass or that extra pass to her teammate for a three ball or something she's just laughing and clapping because she just loves helping her, her helping her teammates out like that cool. and that's just so rewarding to see as a coach yeah that's really cool yeah. um that the schedule has is I mean nothing you were down at York. I can't believe I missed that one. Uh, yep. You played Lycoming, beat them, beat York. Uh, got conference games. Uh, to be blunt, there isn't anything here that jumps off the page. Um, we'll blame Scott. Uh, <laughs> but you've got a lot of conference games. That obviously jumps off the page. You, you've got yep. this grind, which we kind of made tonight's theme all about, of grinding through this conference. And this conference, you know, a couple of years ago was Geneseo and nobody else. But Oleana is ten and one. They're four and zero in conference play. New Paltz is seven and four. These two programs, too, that in the last couple of years have kind of been lurking uh, a, a little bit. If you if you think of it that way, uh, seventeen and ten last year for New Paltz, nineteen and eight last year for Oleana. This is a tough stretch ahead, isn't it? Oh yeah, this is. Um, we've got a tough weekend ahead for us, and you know, again, going back to that first team meeting I had with them, I, I said to my team, I said, please don't be naive to think just because we have most everyone back from a championship team last year that winning was just going to happen, mm. and that people are just going to hand us things. I said, absolutely not. Do not think that. Um, you know, we're, we're early in the conference season right now, and we can already see that anyone can win on any night and that no one can just show up and roll the balls out and expect to win, um, which, you know, is fun. And our, our conference only lost 14 seniors last year to graduation total. So the whole conference now is experienced. Everyone is familiar with each other, and there's a lot of even matchups, which you know can pose problems if our team doesn't show up consistently every night. Not only in terms of like the scouting report and adjustments, but also regarding mentality, effort, energy, especially when you're on the road. Yeah, um, which is where we go this weekend. Yeah. Um, this this road trip, Oneonta New Paltz, is always difficult. Always. Um, you know, Oneana, their defense is difficult to play against. Their guards are lengthy. Their forwards are threats from all over the court. And they're playing at a really high level this year. Um, and New Paltz, again, another veteran team who's won a lot of games in their careers. And they've got three guards who can shoot the lights out. I, I mean, we, we tell our girls from the get-go, this is a, a, a tough trip that you are going to have to be mentally strong to get through and, and hopefully pull out two wins. And, you know, I'm hoping our, our veteran team can handle that pressure. Um, you might want to call me back Monday and see <laughs> how I'm doing. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, also, it's not easy. There's no easy way to get to Aniana from where you guys are. Um, and there's obviously you got to go on to New Paltz, which is as far, almost as far away as you can in this conference, uh, to yep. the south and east. Granted, you can go further north. Um, so it's not an easy trip geographically either. Um, you're used to this stuff. You've you've played in it. Can can you relate as a player to go back? And, and granted, this group knows you, so maybe this is a question really for down the road. But can you go back to these players and go? I get it. I've been there. I know what you're doing, or I know what you're going through, or I know what we're about to go through, and and they can understand that. Yeah, I've I've said that a lot, especially when we're about to do a really hard drill or we run a lot. 
um, you know, I, I, I am able to relate to them somewhat, which I think they appreciate, but I think that they also know that that doesn't mean I'm going to take it easy on them. If anything, it's going to make me push them harder because I have some regrets as a player myself that Mm. I I wish I did things differently. And I try to try to show that to them so that they don't have those same regrets. I get that. I I get that. That can sometimes be, I think, and I don't mean this towards you, but it can be a, a positive. It can also yep. be a detriment. It's trying to figure out what that can work because if you're trying to live your life through them, obviously, <laughs> yeah, but right. <laughs> it can be a positive too because you can kind of help them avoid the what they say the pitfalls. Uh, yeah. yeah, fascinating. I could talk yeah. uh, quite a bit with you, but unfortunately, the clock is ticking, and and we have <laughs> other guests that we'd like to get to. Um, I, I do have fun. You've got the, a great Polish name there. Uh, it feels <laughs> like you. I'm not Polak. Polak, but I, I can't escape it. Having grown up in Chicago, family in upstate New York, and married a wife who was very much Polak, I feel like <laughs> this is just getting too, too, it's following me here. Can you give me any advice to maybe shake it off? I mean, there's good food, good stories, all of that, but I, I need to shake it a little bit here, here, Alyssa. Anything I can, any suggestions? I was just going to say, keep eating the food because it's pretty good. Yeah, I love a good pierogi, <laughs> man. Yeah, uh, right? Yeah. Whew. There are some advantages, that, that is for sure. Uh, anyway, well, Alyssa, thanks so much for taking the time to talk about your nights. Looking forward to seeing how the season can progress and, and moving the program forward. I, I'm, I guess they're glad. I know they're glad that you decided to become a head coach, at least at Geneseo. I find it interesting you didn't want to be a head coach anywhere else, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in? Uh, well, I just wanted to tell you, thanks for all you do, and, you know, your hard work doesn't go unnoticed. And although the, there's new leadership in place here at Geneseo, a lot has remained the same, especially within our culture. And a big piece of that has been our tradition of Pizza Thursday as a coaching staff, <laughs> where we go up to Main Street and consume an embarrassing amount of pizza and wings. And I know Coach Hemmer had invited you several times yes. to join us. Yes. And I just want you to know that that invitation still stands. Good. I want to take advantage of that. I will warn you, though, Scott has still invited me to join him, too. Um, no, we're way more fun than he is. <laughs> I will not disagree with you on that. And I don't even know that much, but I can already tell. Um, we will be making an upstate New York trip sometime for games. I will absolutely make sure we have a Thursday set aside, despite it being a hoopsal day to join you guys for pizza and wings. Uh, we Alyssa, love that. Oh, great. I, I appreciate the time. Take care of yourselves. Good luck the rest of the way. Safe travels this weekend especially. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you and the nights down the road. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Absolutely. Take care. Alyssa Pulaski joining us from Geneseo. Again, the team is 14th ranked in the country. They are 11-0. They got Oyana and New Paltz. Big, big test. Don't, don't look this one over, folks. If you want to catch a couple of games that have a lot on the line, it's those two. By the way, weekend storm, uh, I'm hoping the team also doesn't get kind of bogged down in New Paltz or trying to get to New Paltz. There is a weekend storm due for the East Coast up into that area. I don't know where it slides off the coast. I know we're going to get hit in the mid-Atlantic with some kind of snow, but hopefully it doesn't affect them and their travels. And I mean that seriously because that can be the, the, the toughest part this time of year. We're running behind. going to take a quick break. Megan Wilson will join us for the WBCA Center Court. We still have Trevor Woodruff from Scranton joining us. You're listening to Hoops Hoops presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studio and the computer just wanted to freeze up again. Uh, unbelievable. Folks, I, I can't make this up. We, we cannot win. We'll get Megan Wilson on the line. We will take the break that is required to get the darn computer fixed, and then we will... 
Well, welcome back to Hoopsville. After yet another lovely uh, glitch that we will... Folks, you're welcome to volunteer technical assistance to a guy who's supposed to be an expert in the field. I'll be taking it at any time, shape, and form. Uh, we will solve it and get ready for Sunday. Knock on wood, though I am slammed between now and Sunday. Welcome back to this third segment of the show. We will uh, hopefully... Uh, not go off the air between now and then, but I can't make any promises. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Let's get right into the next segment. Uh, WBCA has always been a wonderful sponsor the last few years of Hoopsville, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, and with it comes the WBCA Center Court segment, a chance to us to talk to coaches um, around the country for a a wealth of reasons, whether it be the fact that uh, they're doing stuff in their community, maybe they're involved with the athletic department in some capacity, whatever the case may be. In this case, it's a little bit about why a head coach has decided to take a little bit of time away from her team for some bigger life reasons. Joining us on the Skype Hoopsville Hotline in the WBCA Center Court. It is the head coach of Wisconsin Platteville. It is Megan Wilson. Coach, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate it, most especially. W let's get the cat out of the bag here. Uh, if nobody knows, and I know they do up in your neck of the woods, but I don't think it's as, as national as a story, and that's partially probably our fault. You've decided to take some time away from the team, at least last I checked, because your daughter, Palmer, great name, is uh, battling cancer, and you guys need to find some time to make sure she gets the attention that, not attention, but the, the care that she needs. Is, is that a simple and effective way to, to talk about it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty real life, and um, it's pretty accurate. Uh, you know, she's my number one priority right now and getting her the care she needs, and so it required me to make some choices, and, you know, I felt like me being there for her was the right choice how hard is a is that kind of choice to make and, and and i mean that totally understanding with a father of two children that in reality it's not a hard decision to make but you're right. a head coach of a of a college program you you have those types of responsibilities and we're in the middle of the season so is that a hard conversation is that a difficult one to have yeah, I think it's super difficult. I think the reality of the situation was, you know, we learned of her diagnosis in September. Um, and so after some initial appointments and, you know, talking with her team of doctors about what her treatment plan would look like, I think it was very real to me at that time that she was going to start radiation in the middle of December um, and would take us through. I mean, she treats almost every single day of January. And so being a coach in the WIAC, and I know you know well enough, what a grueling league we're in. And, um, you know, so it was absolutely a tough decision, but, you know, I've had great support at the university, especially in the athletic department. And, you know, we talk about the division three experience all the time. And, um, you know, it's a roller coaster for me every day, if I'm being honest. And um, some days I'm good and some days are tougher than others. And, you know, these 18 to 22 year olds, I'm here to give them a great experience. And that's not a roller coaster they signed up to be on. So, well, I think they're learning a lot of life lessons, stuff that they're going to take away this year. Um, you know, I thought that what was in their best interest and my best interest was to take a little bit of a break um, during this month and just, you know, I've still been there when I could, but they have more consistency with my staff than they, they were ever going to get from me. 
Is this a, a lengthy? I couldn't get a sense. We should yeah. point out you were there through the end of the semester, so you, this was a late December departure. Is this the rest of the season, or is this for a short Yeah, so, um, no, so she was uh, diagnosed at the beginning of September, um, around September 14th, um, and so she's in the, her treatment calls for 43 weeks of chemotherapy um, and 28 days of consecutive radiation. So she has radiation weekdays, Monday through Friday, and that started mid-December. Um, so with the holiday, she has eight treatments left, um, and she wraps up the month of January with a five-day chemo week. And so, you know, um, we, we come up to Madison on Sundays. We go home on Fridays if she's feeling up to it. And so, like last Saturday, I was able to drive myself to lacrosse to be there for our game. Um, this Saturday, we're at home. So depending on how she's feeling and how her counts are, um, if we're lucky enough to stay out of the hospital this weekend, I'll try to be there on the bench and, you know, in a different role. But I, I still feel like I can add value. And so um, she will treat all the way through the season, but our load will definitely lighten up. And, you know, hopefully I can be there for the remainder of the season in February. Obviously, it's a challenge, and there's more priorities than just basketball, and clearly that's in play here. But I also know of coaches who've said, listen, I've got those things going on, but basketball can sometimes be the distraction, or even players who will say that. Yeah. This is not that opportunity. So how do you distract, or how do you step away, for lack of a better description, for that moment for yourself? You know, I think it's really hard. Um, you know, I try to stay involved by watching our opponents film, by watching games on game days. Um, you know, I am also the associate athletic director. Welcome to the D3 world and secondary duties. And so I've, I've been able to stay busy with some of those projects and tasks. Um, um, but it's hard. And, you know, right now she has to be my number one focus. And every day that's all I can guarantee that I can be a great mom. Um, and I was lucky enough to play for some phenomenal coaches and Shirley Egner being one of them. And, you know, I'll never forget what she told me as a student athlete. Everybody makes choices, Megs, but you got to make choices you can live with. And I don't know that I could have went through the season and and went to games. And, and how would I feel if we lost and she ended up sick with a fever in the hospital? Like, what would that guilt look like for me? And that's just something that I wasn't willing to endure this year. Well, yeah. Uh, and if you're getting advice from Shirley Egner, yeah, uh, you, there's one person you, you take it from and listen to. It's Shirley. Um, and For she sure. gave you good ones there, uh, the dean of the WIAC. Um, we should point out that the, the community has rallied. Um, you guys have gotten incredible support. Last I checked, now this was one fundraiser in particular. Uh, or a combo of fundraisers. You guys got a check at that at a men's game for eleven thousand dollars towards her care. I know that the money means one thing, but it's just the fact that people have have helped you guys out. That's got to mean a lot. Yeah, I mean, I the only word I can just use to describe it, Dave, has been overwhelming. We're just showing her yeah. um, with the team surrounding her. She's absolutely adorable. Uh, I have a six-year-old, and, and and I can I can at least get that to some degree. She's the second of two. What's the prognosis? Wow. And, and and if it's not information we need to share, that's fine. But I I just I couldn't seem to find that. Yeah. So um, she has stage three uh, okay. alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma. sarcoma. Um, there's been some genetic testing done on it as well. Um, we're obviously very optimistic and hopeful. Uh, chemotherapy and radiation seem to be doing their job, um, and the tumor has shrunk considerably since 
September when she started. Mm -hmm. Obviously, one of the things that's on her face, um, so visibly at least we can kind of see the outcomes of the radiation and the, the chemotherapy. You know, but as a parent, I think you'll always worry. I think it's a monster that unfortunately sometimes uh, reoccurs in children. Um, and so I'm just so proud of how hard she's fought and she's so brave. Um, she's on, again, day 20 of radiation, hasn't complained once. This week, mm -hmm. she's given me a new definition of two-a-days. So we have five days of chemo and five days of radiation this week. So she's double duty in and just she's been amazing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I feel for your team now because when two-a-days return next year, you're going to have a yeah, different point of view for on, sure. on their pain and suffering to some degree. Oh, I pain for the pioneers next year. <laughs> um, is there a way people can help any way they or follow along? You know, just um, just we'll take all the well wishes and thoughts and good vibes and prayers. And um, yeah, that's all. What do you miss about being on the bench? Oh, it's hard to sit and watch from afar. I'm too competitive for that. Um, unfortunately, she uh, has to listen to my outburst quite often. And um, she says, I won't box out, Mom. I don't even know what that is. So, uh, awesome. I watched the Oshkosh game last week live, and we stopped in practice on Friday on our way home from Madison. And we were, the team was watching film, and she said, didn't we just watch this two days ago? I said, yes, we did. Yes, so, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> and we will watch it again. Um, is I obviously you get to games when you can. Yep. Staying involved certainly. Obviously, the the athletic department's rallied. You pointed out how you also have other duties as said coach. Yes, welcome to YD three. Um, and, and clearly, everyone has has stepped up. It, it does that take the pressure off to some degree, or does it not do a damn bit of difference? I'm not sure it does a damn bit of difference. I wish it did. Um, I think sometimes it makes it more difficult. I'm, I think my assistant and the people that know me are somebody would say that I'm very detailed oriented. I like to be in control. And so I've, but I've grown a lot this year because of that. I've had to relinquish some of that. I've had to yeah. put trust in, in those that I truly do trust and just, you know, and watch them grow. And so I think you know, as difficult as the circumstances have been, it's been really good for me as a person and as a coach. Uh, less technical fouls. Yeah, for sure. I, I haven't gotten any of those this year yet. <laughs> In all honesty, how's the team doing considering? Was this a season you guys were expecting? I mean, 6-19 and 19, the last two seasons, let's be realistic. Yeah. You're 6-8, and eight, so we've, hit, we've already hit that mark, though, on a three-game slide. Yeah, you know, I think that um, they've been amazing. Um, again, it's not something they signed up for. It's Even though I'm not there, I think it's still very much in their face because, for one, I'm not there. Um, and so early on in the season when we had a discussion and I said, you know, what does this look like for you guys? You know, can I come when I, I'm able and, and do I need to feel guilty about that? And they were like, no, we want to be that outlet for you, coach. When you need a break or when you need a distraction, we want to be there for you. And so I think all things considered, I think um, the resiliency has been great. Um, you know, I think, yeah, we're on a three-game skid. Welcome to the WIAC. And, uh, you know, we had a great game on Saturday, I felt like, against lacrosse. And so I think they've made some big strides considering all the adversity they've had to overcome this year. 
certainly an interesting perspective, a little different. I appreciate the honesty and the openness. Um, I, it's not an easy topic, and I appreciate all the time you've yeah, given no us. Uh, obviously, we're rooting for Palmer as well. I got a great game. A great name. Um, Thank you. Part of the center court segment, we kind of have a little fun at the end, ask some, the same questions we always ask all the other coaches. They may have a very different point of view now, I realize. But if you don't sure. mind, do you mind having a little fun? And, and it's all about you and your coaching experience. I would love to have some fun. All right. I, we'll see. Now, I made pretty <laughs> lofty expectations there. We'll see if we live up to it. Uh, what's right. your favorite thing about coaching, especially in Division Three? Uh, just the overall student-athlete experience. I think the thing that I love most about it is my student-athletes are competing for the, because of their love for the game, not because they're getting paid to play. Uh, great way of saying it. Your biggest pet peeve? Lack of effort. I Ooh. cannot stand lack of effort, especially now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, like I yeah. said, I fear for your pioneers. <laughs> yeah. Moving forward. <laughs> Um, I, sorry guys. Um, gals <laughs> favorite rule or nuance in the game. Uh, I love the addition of the 10 second backcourt. Awesome. Um, I think, I think it really changed the game and made for some exciting end of the game opportunities. So, yeah, I like that. I like that as well. Um, any rule that you would though want to add, remove or change? Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about the charge arc. Uh, I feel like we get it wrong more than we get it right. and um, So maybe that. Yeah, if we could get rid of that box, by the way, that also doesn't exist yeah. but does exist. I'm so confused. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I can count on one hand how many games I've seen where that's actually been called. I don't um, even know if I can say that, Dave. Fair. I also see 18 <laughs> games in three days usually, so sometimes yeah. dumb luck is more about it than anything. Um, any pregame ritual or superstition? Ugh, I have a hard time wearing the same outfit that we've lost in, which requires a lot of wardrobe changes some years. <laughs> I could totally see that, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, craziest tra blah, try that one again. Craziest travel experience. Oh, craziest travel experience. I took my team out um, to California my second year of being the head coach as the pioneers and our mom, one of our mothers passed out on the plane and we almost had an emergency landing. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Pretty nerve wracking for a second year head coach. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh yeah. No, you've, okay. I'm good. I also uh, took my team to New York City in public transportation, which was also nerve wracking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially Just, for those of you out of the Midwest. Yeah. That's a different beast. It yeah. is. Um, how would your assistants describe you as a head coach? Oof. Um, passionate, uh, okay. competitive, very <laughs> competitive. Um, I hope loving and just, uh, really want what's best for our student athletes in our program. Loyal. Yeah, I can see it. By the way, on that travel experience, when you said you started heading out, I was very worried you were going to say Vegas. I'm just glad you didn't. <laughs> No, we've had good experiences in Vegas. Yes. No, I'm glad. We need you back. And uh, for yeah. the record, I'm the one who has the bad travel experiences. Um, <laughs> yeah, this year you had a tough time. Yeah. No. I may I may not return. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, it was very close to driving. Oh. <laughs> it wouldn't have solved the problem, but I would have felt better doing it. Um, what do you tell a recruit that gets them excited to commit 
uh, or excited. Let me try that again. What do you tell a recruit that gets them excited or gets them to commit to Platteville? Uh, I think for me, after being a part of some pretty uh, storied programs, just that they can be a part of changing the culture and and changing the history at UW Platteville. And so, uh, do they want to come and be a part of something special and, and changing our program around? That's a good way of saying it. I like that. Um, by the way, uh, Ira Thor says New York City public transport is challenging for those who live there. It's <laughs> true. Well, my it. assistant handled it this year, so kudos to her because she yeah. went to New York with them on her own. So they got a um, they got a new person in charge. I'd love to see how that changes. Anyway, um, when you retire, and let's be honest, all coaches eventually retire. What do you yeah. hope people will remember you as a coach? Uh, that I cared for my student athletes as much as if they were my own kids. Wonderful. Uh-oh. Well, so, that that's also my goal. changes a little bit, does it not now? It sure does. Um, but I, they know full well this year that they're my number two priority and them having a great experience. And I think that's what made my decision to give them more stability and uh, put them in the best position to be successful this year uh, in the hands of my two great assistants, what made that decision easy. I would argue they're always number two. You just don't realize they're number two sometimes. But I, yeah. I'll give you that. Coach, thanks for the time. I know it's not the the most glorious topic to talk about, but I appreciate the time. I appreciate the uh, the words and and uh, the forthrightness as well. Um, really appreciate it. You were, you were nominated by your peers. I don't know who. I just know you okay. were nominated. The WBCA said, oh, by the way. We also have this. So uh, I appreciate getting a chance to chat with you since we haven't seen you in Vegas in a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, just that as much as a game has done for my life, just to remember that life's more than the game. So True. Yeah. Very good point. Coach, take care. Please, uh, our best to Palmer. And uh, I guess a hug. Why not? Um, yeah. I just found out mine has strep and it pales in comparison. Um, so uh, if you, yeah, our best to you guys because you, you need it and uh, we'll give it up. And we look forward to seeing you back on the sidelines and Palmer on the sidelines as well. And uh, take care and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Dave. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Megan Wilson joining us on the Skype hotline in the WBCA Center Court. You can follow more of her and the team, obviously, out there in Plantville, Palmer. Uh, go strong. We'll finish up the segment with another picture of Palmer surrounded by her team. We'll take another break. When we come back, Scranton men, uh, women's basketball coach Trevor Woodruff has been patiently waiting for us. We'll get to him. We're going to overtime thanks to tech issues. Back with more after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student-athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. 
I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Well, it turns out we don't have the interview with Scranton head coach Trevor Woodruff. Turns out I, in my, I guess, frustration and other reasons for yet another technical glitch in the show and on this season, inadvertently clicked on the audio file for the interview we had with St. John's head coach Pat McKenzie while thinking that was the microphone option for the interview with Trevor Woodruff. The funnier part was not only did I not notice it throughout the broad, uh, the interview, I should say, with Woodruff, no one noticed on the broadcast, and we certainly had people tuned in. Not sure what I'm more disturbed by. My complete miss on it, and there were signs that I should have picked up on, or the fact that everyone watching didn't notice that the audio wasn't exactly going along with what they were looking at. That's a debate for another time. We apologize, of course, to Trevor and to everyone at Scranton for that interview being completely botched. You here on the podcast don't really notice that. Those will probably notice on the video on demand before we find a way to solve said problem. In the meantime, we can promise we'll get Trevor Woodruff back on. For those listening to this podcast and enjoying it, what you're next going to hear is me suddenly realizing there may have been a mistake and then the rest of the show. Sorry, no Woodruff interview, but at least you get to hear me frustrated? That's debatable. Well, folks, if we had McKenzie's interview running under Todd Woodruff, I'm going to shoot myself. I just noticed we had an audio click linked, and I have a feeling Todd Woodruff's interview did not air. And I just realized you're now listening to me now, 
And I have a feeling you didn't hear any of that interview and you didn't hear anything I was just saying. Tonight's one of those nights where you want to throw the computer out the door and just hang your head in shame. Unbelievable. That might explain the... No, it doesn't explain the text we got about audio being way down way long time ago. Hmm. Well, folks, if I screwed that all up, I greatly apologize. Wow. You're all probably sitting there going, oh, Dave's back. Unbelievable. We're going to have to go back and see if Todd interviews on there in any way, shape, or form. If it's not, we will get Todd, uh, Trevor, sorry, Trevor Woodruff back on the show in quick succession. And everything he said has been lost, which would really stink. <sighs> it has been one of those nights, folks. Sick kid. Another one who had a doctor's appointment. We're running late trying to get the show on the air. Technical. Uh. Anyway, what I was trying to say on the Northwest Conference, if you still happen to be tuned in, is that you can maybe watch all four of those games at the same time, or watch four games, or watch two games, or watch three games at the same time. Northwest Conference, part of their streaming provider, provides is the fact that you can probably listen and watch um, the games um, on your computer through their portal multiple games at a time. Now, I don't know if they actually have that set up. You're gonna ha- we're going to have to test it, but I believe it's an option. Not an option on the big screen on Amazon Fire, but I believe it's an option for you out there. Um, Iris says, you realize the show has gone down tubes since New Jersey City uniform was moved. Um, I don't agree. Uh, we moved that uniform a, a year plus ago, about a year ago, actually. And last year was great. This year, I, you may be true, but maybe it's because of the tear in said uniform, sir. Maybe the tear in the uniform is tearing this show apart. Maybe we can fix that rip in the cloth to finish, fix our rips. Um, I did not move it in the fall. I did not move in the fall. That was hanging up last year in that position because I never touched. Well, you know what? I didn't hang it up. Now that I think about it, I just took it down. All right. So you're on to something, Ira. You better send a new one because I don't like to tear anyway. I can see the duct tape. We cannot get that darn thing to stay sealed. Yeah, send us a new one. It looks grubby anyway. Well, folks, oh, I really hope. Well, we may have just screwed up the uh, Trevor Woodruff interview, and and that just ruins our night because it was a great interview with Trevor. Um, I'll have to go back and listen to the archive, and I don't know if I really want to listen to the archive. Yeah, fun times. Let's go back to the Wit game, huh? Wit game was fun. Whitworth and Whitman was outstanding. It was exciting. Um not a great game, to be honest with you. Uh, it was a good game. It was a really good game. It, it, it was what as I expected. The two are going to slug it out. Um, it wasn't clean because both teams were going at each other. It wasn't um, smooth because there was some breakups to the game. Uh, hats off to the to the Whitworth uh, production team for handling some tech issues and, and doing them well without breaking up the game, which we can't seem to do. Um, overall, though, I enjoyed the game. Uh, it, it told me a lot. Listen, Whitman's never going to play its best defensive game, I think, against Whitworth because Whitworth knows it too well. Um, listen, I, I had some comments on Twitter. It's funny how everybody spots the negative comments, but nobody spots the positive comments. Come on, people, right? 
I post something positive, you don't respond. I post something that you deem as negative, and all of a sudden everyone's ripping on me. Um, you know, there's guys like Ben Bishop. I feel like disappear. I would love to see if if they if Whitworth can figure out a way to do what they're doing and get Ben Bishop more involved. Whitworth becomes an even more dangerous team. Ben Bishop is not a a a singular talent necessarily. He's usually the tallest guy on the floor. He's usually the biggest guy on the floor. He's got I, I like how he plays inside. He's got some good moves, so he's got to stop lowering his shoulder. He gets called for that at least once or twice a game. Um, but if they can start getting inside to him, I think it's I think it's gonna force defenses into some tough situations because either they're going to have to think about double teaming Bishop. They do that. It opens up the outside game and their guys can hit. We know they can, or it opens up the mid range game. Um, If they decide not to double team, they run the risk of, of Bishop scoring 15, 20 points inside, grabbing a ton of boards, which he already does. That that's the, that's the equation with Whitworth. I'm waiting to see how does, because I don't feel like they get Bishop involved. In the second half against Whitman, he wasn't even a factor. And, and they removed, they didn't even start the second half. How they how that evolves this year, I want to see. Kyle Roach is good, but Kyle Roach still is stubborn. I like him as a player, but he's got to remember sometimes um, it's not all about him. He doesn't have to do it all. He's got enough good guys on this team. Lester will grow into his role. Uh, there's others on this squad that I think that will help Kyle, but Kyle's got to remember he doesn't have to do it all himself. They've got one of the best shooters in the game in Ben College. It, it, there's no reason just the trio of Roach, College, and Bishop can't be a can't can't take Whitworth far and long. It, it, but but Kyle's got to sometimes remember to control. And when he's in control, when he's in the scope of the game and he hasn't let his head get to him, he's really good and really tough to stop. And as good as Hopkins did against college to basically make him disappear for that game, college still hit a bunch of shots late that, that changed the outcome of that game. And he did it against Whitman too. He had a bunch of shots. I guarantee you, he wants that last shot back. He shot that while still in the air. He caught and shot while still in the air. He had time to land and shoot. If he lands and shoot, Whitworth maybe wins that game. He hits the buzzer beater to win it. Um, but yeah, Whitman, on the other hand, uh, I, I don't... Whitman's good. They're talented. They've got a lot of depth. Maybe it's just me. And, and, and I do my best to learn from teams themselves or from others. But it feels like when they're under the gun and the pressure's on to, to either come back or hold on to a lead, they go to one-on-one basketball. Uh, one guy will try and do it on a possession. There may be a couple of passes, but eventually someone gets the ball and it just turns into the, that show. Howell did it a bunch the last few years. And you always heard, well, that's because Howell is Howell and he's going to hit the shots. I always thought it was a detriment because... I know that offenses can change and things can adjust, but but sometimes what you were doing that got you there or gave you the big lead needs to be stuck with. Now, defenses can, can figure it out. I get it. But when you're doing it yourself, popping up a shot and there's three guys open, 
maybe it's not the best opportunity. You waste that or lose that op- that possession, they're going the other direction to either tie or take the lead or cut the deficit, whatever the case may be. I just feel like Whitman, the Achilles heel for Whitman is if you got them tight in a game late, they won't necessarily stick to what they're good at. And I don't know if I'm misreading that completely or not. Um, but that's how it seems every time I watch that team. Um, but they're also not in a lot of tight games, let's remember. And I think that's where that 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 thought process comes from, is they don't tend to be in tight games. And but when they are, that's what happens. So that's that's just kind of where my take was on those two teams. I saw all of that. Um Butler didn't have a great game against Whitworth. I would I, I look forward to seeing the rematch because I think Butler will have a better game. I think Butler's a better player than he showed in that game, fouled out as well. And by the way, fouled out on what I thought was was a um a, not a very smart call. There were some who thought it was the wrong call from what I saw in replays. I thought it was the right call. I just thought it was a dumb foul. It's kind of like college's foul late in the game. I think it was college where Whitman went to take a shot. I think it was Hewitt. Hewitt's undersung, by the way. But Hewitt took a shot, and I think he got a high five from behind on the shot, so he got fouled. Dumb foul. And then there was another one where where uh, Duckett got slammed into on a three-pointer, and, and Duckett made a little bit more of it. And, but, and that's that's just par for the course. But um, uh, he still got fouled. Just that was what I saw. It was a good game all around. Uh, how about Whitworth Hernandez playing 30 minutes off the bench? Yeah, Hernandez was impressed because, listen, I didn't think he had 30 minutes off the bench in him. Uh, when I saw in Vegas, he's a good player, but he was, but, but, but I don't think he could do 30 minutes. But foul trouble forced him in. And, and Whitworth's problem is, and I've said, is they can't go deep in their bench. There's a drop off in talent, uh, obviously, from about eight onward. Um, eight's, eight's where the talent is still pretty good, then it's, then it's a drop. Um, and, and I could be wrong, wrong on that, but, but Hernandez playing 30 minutes because so many guys were in foul trouble was really, was really key. Um, and I was pretty impressed with that. He didn't jump off the page at you, though. He got some steals. He got some baskets. He did what he needed to do. And, and he put a Band-Aid on the problem and allowed them to come from 13 points back. So I was impressed with what Hernandez did. I also was impressed that the rest of that bench at least held firm. My, the concern is you can't keep doing that. Uh, I don't think there's enough consistency in that bench uh, at nine on down to allow you to do that. They, they, they rose to the occasion against Whitman. That's outstanding. Will they rise to the occasion if it's Linfield, George Fox, Pacific, Puget Sound, or somebody else when in maybe a similar situation? That's a different kettle of fish, uh, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I think I'd like to see, I, I keep hearing these things about talent out of Hernandez. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, Lee's didn't play as much. I thought he would have had a bigger factor, but nonetheless, um, it was a, it was an interesting game. It was a really interesting game. I, I do wish the broadcasters hadn't used the, they hate each other. Um, I'm done with that. Uh, I know it's a heated rivalry. Whitworth had dominated that rivalry for so long. And Whitman was, the, was just the step kid or the, the little brother was a better term. And never had a chance to to get the big brother, Whitman Whitworth Whitman finally gets the big brother and, and becomes the dominant one. You know he he becomes a surprisingly tall brother and he's beaten on Whitworth. Whitworth finally gets one back last year and now we're at that stage. So I get that Whitman's had this edge and Whitworth's been the big brother who remains cool, calm, and collected, and been now annoyed by the the edgy brother who's got a little spit and vinegar and 
uh, doesn't always do things the way you want to see them done. Um, maybe behavior different than yours and you get pissed off about that. And I get all of that. Um, but now let's get rid of the, they hate each other thing. Cause I, I didn't, they're not, if they hate each other, they're not giving handshakes in pregame. Um, if they hate each other, uh, we'd see it in different manifestations. Maybe it's going to take a few more years for the Whitman guys to have, or have players on Whitman's team who are not familiar with the losing ways. Um, or a few more years for Whitworth for them to have guys who are not familiar with Whitman having been that little brother and things will settle down. We've gone from one stream to the other and we'll kind of settle down in the middle. But um, that would be the only thing I would love to see change is some of the attitude and some of the they hate each other. It's a rivalry. They're going to go at it. I don't think they hate each other, but they're, it's a rivalry. It's an absolute rivalry. Um, it's a good rivalry. We had a bunch of good rivalry games this weekend or this week. But the whole they hate each other thing, I think that's got to go. I think that's got to get removed from the narrative. And if you're broadcasting a game for either of those squads, I think you need to remove that too. Because, you know, Hope Calvin don't talk about hating each other. Um, uh, Wheat North North Central, I don't feel talk about hating each other. Back in the day in my life, couch or Catholic, I don't think we ever hated them. Um, but you knew it was going to be a tough game. And, and that, I think, makes for a better atmosphere if especially the broadcasters aren't spouting off on it uh, as well. Yes, you're right. It's not, it's not about hate. It's about respect. The programs absolutely respect each other. Let's remove that terminology uh, from the equation, uh, as it were. And with that, I think we got to get going because we were well past our, our cutoff time thanks to tech issues. I have a feeling I got some messages that are going to tell me some ideas to so- solve them. Uh, if we did miss the Trevor Woodruff interview because we freaking ran an audio clip for some reason, uh, I apologize. We will get Trevor back on the show at our earliest convenience. I apologize to the Scranton faithful uh, for that. That's just a simple oversight while while scrambling due to uh, tech issues on our end. Um, should have spotted it sooner. I didn't. Uh, it's one of the gremlins of doing a show by yourself. On that note, though, I do want to thank... Um, Pat McKenzie from St. John's Men's Basketball, Ben Stakowski from um, from Wabash Men's Basketball, the senior guard for them, uh, Alyssa Pulaski from Geneseo, Meg Wilson from um, Wisconsin Platteville, and Trevor Woodruff. Hopefully, you heard his interview it was pretty good in the uh, from Scranton, and of course, thanks to their SIDs as well, Ryan Colonel Klinkner uh, from St. John's, um, Brent from Wabash. Of course, uh, not only Brett, but also Tim at Geneseo, uh, Lindsay at Platteville, and of course, uh, John, though he's dead to me, Gatto <laughs> at Scranton. Uh, thanks for their help as well. And with that note, reminder, we're back on the air Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We'll primarily talk uh, Northeast Atlantic, uh, South and Central region teams, plus the NABC Coaches Corner, uh, which will feature Bill Riley from Southwestern. Next week on the WBCA Center Court segment, we actually have our guest, as I said earlier in the show, already lined up, believe it or not. Uh, We will have Springfield head coach Naomi Graves joining us in the WBCA Center Court. Looking forward to talking to her about um, 
things that she's involved in. And, and it, it'll be a great conversation. I hope you'll tune in next Thursday, 7 o'clock, as well, always. Mark, thank you. As always, a great show. I don't know if I agree with you on that, Mark. I have a feeling you heard an interview that didn't really go. Jay, thank you for your kind words as well. We'll try and clean up the system between now and then. Todd says it's a healthy rivalry, talking about the double wits. And you're absolutely right. What I think is the additional variable is the fans. Um, yeah, Todd, the fans... Rightly or wrongly, are definitely another variable in that mix. Great rivalry, I think, very good and needed for the Northwest Conference. Daryl, I agree with you there as well. I'm really interested to see how Linfield Northwest uh, uh, George Fox play out. Gonna take a, That's it. We're taking a break till Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. i got to get going. i got a sick kid after all. got to figure out what's going on. You've been listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We thank our uh, advertising partners, including Wisconsin Eau Claire and Randolph Macon. If you are interested in advertising on this show, please get a hold of me. We would love to talk to you about advertising packages for the rest of the season. doesn't have to be a school. It can certainly be a, a product. We have uh, new advertisers and sponsors coming, but there's plenty of material that are uh, sponsor space, as it were, or advertising space. Be happy to welcome you on board uh, as well. Don't forget, we are planning the Hoopsville Marathon on January 31st. It's a Thursday, though some tweaks may be coming to how we execute that marathon. More information as we kind of figure things out, as it were. And that's it. That's all I got right now. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Appreciate it. Thank you all for uh, being a part of the show, despite our tech issues. And we'll talk to you on Sunday night. We've been listening to Hoop Show. Once again, brought to you by uh, WBCA and NABC and, of course, D3Hoops.com. If you have any interest in re-airing any parts of this show, um, please make sure you get a hold of us. We appreciate that you would like to do it, but we'd like to officially sign off on said thing. Hoopsville is owned by myself, DMAC Productions as well. Good night. Have a wonderful rest of your week and enjoy some really good D3 basketball along the way.